want. Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death! Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. They give me those shoes, they're mine, give them back to me! Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. But it certainly will be a nice little surprise when Richard comes home to find a little girl in the house. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to meet death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. Gods and Hi and welcome to Screaming Queens, the queer horror podcast. My name is Jonathan Larkin and today I'm joined by, uh, normally we're in a room together so I'll point. <laughs> <laughs> well, say hello Stephen. Hello Stephen. Oh. I know it's a classic. Oh. Isn't it? Hello. <laughs> and um, so today you've just got two of the queens because um, Martin is um, away having um, gender reassignment surgery <laughs> and Jonathan has had a blonde moment and got his days mixed up so isn't here. Um, but we are joined by another token straight man <laughs> <laughs> who um, we intend to rib mercilessly throughout the episode. And I said rib, not rim. Um, so... <laughs> We have with us Mr. Chris Brown from the Video Nasties podcast. Hello, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. Oh. Rimming or non. <laughs> It'd have to be virtual, wouldn't it? Where's the I fun know, I know, I know, I know. Well, the, the internet's very good these days. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, maybe not that good. I was going to say, link me up after the show. <laughs> 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 oh gosh, it's also weird, isn't it? So we're recording, we're recording remotely, so none of us are actually in the room together because mm. of the dreaded COVID. Um, so, um, but if you tuned into our last episode, which I published, which was um, Sleazy Queens episode one, you'll know all about our spin-off idea. So that idea actually came from Chris, I think, as well. Only yeah. you weren't, you weren't around. <laughs> didn't show up for it. So the idea was basically because um, me and Chris and our other friend, Andy Roberts, uh, other than horror movies, we do have a big love for exploitation films um, and, you know, sleazy adult films from the 70s and 80s. Isn't that right, Chris? You're pervert. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Anyone who follows my podcast will know that I have a great love for sleazy per- perversions. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so tell us about your podcast, actually, Chris, while we're on it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So Vision Nasty podcast was originally started, I think it was in 2013, um, and did um, 72 episodes, which are the 72 films that are on the DPP uh, prosecution list over from the, the Vision Nasty scare in the early 80s. So everyone from yeah. Evil Dead through to Frozen Scream. I mean, uh, if your listeners obviously will have, will, will have long-time listeners will have heard of, uh, of them because you've, you've covered some yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and last year I went back and started doing something called the Section 3 list, 
which is a bit more wishy-washy, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. So the, the, the basically section three is films that were seized at the time, uh, but not yeah. prosecutors. So, right. if yeah. you, so if the film was um, taken from, um, from, from from by police, basically they would go into a, a record, a record, a video shop, and just with a black evidence bag and just fill whatever whatever they thought would could potentially be obscene, right. and then yeah. you'd go to the magistrate's court. And the magistrate would say, uh, would you like to plead guilty and give a £50 fine and sacrifice tape? And if you were the owner of, you know, whatever, Crown Video or whatever it's called, or, you know, video, local video shop, you just go, yes, bloody hell, make this problem go away. I do not want to go to, to, to Crown Court. Pay yeah. the fine and it was done and they were removed and burnt, literally burnt. Um, wow. I know, yeah, good fun. Um, and not, <laughs> so good for the environment as well. Um <laughs> And um, so they, they, they were taken away and destroyed. And um, so these are the films that are on that kind of list. So the, the, the films that potentially could be could could have could could be seized. Um, not all of them, though, because some films yeah. you see that were uh, kind of reluctantly given back. So the the, the Dolly Parton film, The Littlest Whorehouse in Texas, is <laughs> is isn't on the list. But was yeah. is notoriously was one of the films that was seized. That's so funny, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Must it's, be it's, to be fair, it's infinitely more offensive than some of the films. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, the fashions are certainly the yeah. fashions are. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so so those, so the, the, those kind of so those kind of films are, are kind of ignored. Whereas films like uh, George Romero's Night of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre are, are are on the list, and there's eighty of them. So we're kind of going through them now. Um, so there'll be another year's worth of podcast of that. Um, I was going to say, so that's eighty episodes. That, that yeah, 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 yeah. There's fucking. Wow. I've done. I've, I've, I'm a long time podcast. I, I wait. I think I've done over three hundred episodes of podcasts oh over the years. I know. I know. I did, uh, you know, I'll be, be doing it ten years this year. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd fool, foolhardy, I think, uh, is a better way to do it. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm, but on the plus side for my listeners, I, I, I am genuinely starting to run out of content, so uh, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. I'll get to retire soon. No, I don't think so. There'll always be something else. There's always some sick, sick corner of the world to cover on your podcast. <laughs> there really is. And, you know, I we wouldn't be doing Screaming Queens if it wasn't for you because I heard your podcast and thought, oh, I want to do that, but with a bit of a queer slant on it. And then, you know, you sort of helped me learn how to do it, basically. So, you know, we have you to thank for that. Or yeah. blame. Or blame. Yeah. Blame, probably. I'll That's be cool. this. <laughs> 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 uh, um... So, um, yeah, so Sleazy Queens, we decided that we would sort of step outside of the brackets of being, you know, strictly horror. Um, and I know Stephen, Martin and Jonathan are big fans of, you know, investigating exploitation and see what sorts of gems there are to uncover. So we thought we'd sort of step out of, out of horror and do a little bit more and, uh, you know, broaden our horizons. You know, we didn't you step know, st- too far out. Well, <laughs> no, we do. Well, do you know what? Even when you try to just do erotica, you end up with a snuff movie. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's um, you, you never know what you're going to get. So this episode, so we we would have liked Andy Roberts to be part of this episode as well because I know he's a huge fan of this film, but we just couldn't make the um schedules work. So we thought we'd just press on amidst COVID, amidst lockdown and isolation and just just get some content out there. So um that's why we happened upon this little film. So picture it. A sleazy flea pit cinema in nineteen seventy seven. 
you're settling down for the next erotic and exotic adventure of a gorgeous photojournalist who travels the world exposing drug rackets, arms deals, and people trafficking, while stripping at every available opportunity and engaging in softcore sex trysts for your wanking pleasure. Black Black Emmanuel, played by Laura Gemza, has been your gateway to filthy travelogues before, and you know just what to expect. But then just 20 minutes into the film, what's this? There's a woman wanking off a horse. <laughs> Sudden, then suddenly there's hard-ons in Venice, there's spit-roasting in the Caribbean. Okay, it's hardcore. You can deal with that. Grab the next tissue. I mean, it can't possibly go further down the rabbit hole than some light bestiality, right? Wrong. Very, very wrong. This is Joe D'Amato. The gloves are off. The line is about to be crossed. This is Emmanuel in America. Sleazy Queens, episode two. Definitely didn't warn me that this one was hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> I mean, the link must have been a bit of a clue, though. I did send you an ex-hamster link, uh, Stephen. Yeah, I know, but... I, I mean, I had my windows open, and my, my window faced straight onto the docks, and I had, like, yeah. the blinds open, and I clicked yeah. the link and shared it to me telly, and then it started <laughs> coming up. With like a, a porn advert, and I thought, oh, it's not even that bad. It's fine. It was just like, Jack, mate, your friends, and it was just like this oh, pretty yes, girl. Yes. And then she started like just whacking a dildo down Fanny, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna shut the blinds. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? It's it's so funny. I, the amount of times I had to turn the TV away from the tel- uh, the, the TV away from the window whilst watching this film, mm-hmm. and I've watched it. I've watched it twice, once with the commentary and once without, and I've watched the documentary about it as well. Oh my so God. Are you prepared? Oh, <laughs> God. I am I am lubed up and ready to go. Um, <laughs> so I like to get um initial reactions first of all. And Stephen, because I know this is your first time seeing it, um, how would what was your first <laughs> as those end credits rolled, what was your what was going through your head? Um I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like three quarters of the film was one thing, and then just the last little quarter was like a completely different film. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I thought the first half was like really fun, camp, beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, yeah. And then the last bit was just, it just went so dark. Yeah. And yeah. Genuinely, some of the scariest, creepiest stuff I've ever seen. It's insane, isn't it? It's like so. I mean, I, I find 
the last portion of the film genuinely disturbing. I don't know about anyone else. But... Yeah, it was some of the darkest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, how many times have you seen this film? Um, this is my second viewing, I think. Um, oh, wow, okay. I thought so you were going to say more. No, 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 no. Um, so, um, so I, 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 ooh, a while ago now, like a fair few years ago now, I wormholed into Black Emmanuel films for, for yeah. a while, and this is one of the ones I watched. Um, and then I got to another Joe D'Amato uh, film, which is um, Emmanuel Around the World, which features yeah. it, she does she flies around the world and she does what she does various bits and bobs as it were and one of the scenes in it um she is um it goes into like a sex trafficking subplot as as we can find out as we talk about it, it get, these films do get a bit weird and dark in places yeah and it yeah. features um a woman being in the story a woman being raped by a doberman um Ooh, in front wow. of guards yeah i know so it, goes, it shows like the dog barking and then it flips to what's blatantly a puppet Attacking, <laughs> attacking. Like, like, it looks like she's being fucked by a teddy bear. Um, uh, on the screen, and I'm watching it. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I went, well, that that is insanely offensive, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. I, so I kind of like steps out. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't watch any more. So I haven't watched any of the Bruno Mattei Black Emmanuels, and he did this couple as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and and I haven't seen Manuel in, ba- in Bangkok, although that's meant to be pretty decent. Um, yeah. So, so I've kind of, um, so I've kind of missed. I feel like I, I haven't got, I haven't got a full education in it. But um, certainly, yeah. from from the ones I've seen, including obviously um, the Man on the Last Cannibals, which is probably the, one of the one of the more uh, saner. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who'd have thought that that would be the more, the normal one of the yeah, bunch? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty tame in truth in comparison. Yeah. Um, but, but this is a, at least. Um, a display, watchable. I think it's fair to say it's it's very watchable. Yeah. It's quite shocking, um, and you're never bored, despite the fact it's you know it's it's well over ninety minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so yeah, though it it's it, it, it's fine. And, and again, once again, um, I think my mind had maybe blanked out a bit with the. I knew it happened in it, and I'd seen it before, but I think my mind yeah. had kind of blacked out some of the stuff, particularly with the horse. So, yes. um, so I kind of like went back to it. Oh no, that is that is that is fucking mad. That is proper insane. So yeah, so yeah. I I I I'm, I feel like you know I, I don't want to. I'm okay with it. Let's put it that way. Mm. I feel okay about. I don't feel as bad as I have done in the past watching the Black Emmanuel films, and I feel, I'll take yeah. that as a plus. Well, that's it. I mean, it's for me. Sometimes it's the state of mind that you have when you come into the film, isn't it? If you're mm. feeling particularly like, you know, a bit sensitive, or you know, you're feeling like a bit guilty that you're watching sleazy, exploitative erotica <laughs> in the seventies, then, then you know, you're going to come out of it going, oh, maybe I shouldn't watch any more of these films. Mm. But then, if you sort of go into it thinking, oh, this is just a laugh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then... yeah. It, it's um, that bit was a bit much. I did think, like. For the second, I was like, what am I actually watching? And I did look away yeah. a little bit and look Me back too, and look yeah. away. It's just a bit too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, Terry totally. was um, in the room and he got up and walked out. <laughs> did he? <laughs> in absolute disgust. Oh, God. Chris, we have a running joke with Stephen and Terry because to, uh, the, some of the films that Stephen has to watch for the podcast, we always sort of gauge them by, did Terry stay in the room? <laughs> <laughs> this he is a, a fair <laughs> left lever. Yeah. 100% he was gone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, like, he's a disgusting <laughs> <laughs> Yep. 
That's us. Yeah. Um, so before we jump straight into the film, I'll just say, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we will be discussing the film's uh, many twists and turns. So if you haven't seen it, then you might want to go out and find it. Or you might not. I mean, if you do and you're disgusted, then please don't blame me. Um, <laughs> you're an adult, I hope. Um, so you can make this decision for yourself. But uh, it is on X Hamster <laughs> in its completion. So, you know, yeah. you might you can find it there. I think if even if we spoil it, it won't make any sense anyway, so <laughs> there's nothing, no plot points you're going to be giving away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the plot is uh, Emmanuel, uh, or Emmanuel, as they say, um, our scantily clad, sexually liberated photojournalist goes to investigate an American entrepreneur's harem of beautiful women. Wanting to delve into the depravity of the super-rich and elite, she's drawn deeper into the world of the untouchable upper echelons of society. They'll do anything for kicks, from wanking off horses to birthday cakes smeared orgies in Venice, and finally to the darkest of the dark snuff films. Emmanuel gets a crash course in exploitation. Or will she make it out alive? That's the question. <laughs> will she? She's got like another twenty people? films to make, so I'm gonna guess yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yes, yes. Um, so um, yeah, uh, I love the opening of the film. It opens with the Ro- Roosevelt Island cable car, which she rides in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals as well, mm. um, which I've been on, so that makes me feel very special. Um, so I love the the sort of we open with like a sort of um high flying go getting sexy montage, don't we, of Emmanuel in a white satellite fever trousers suit, strutting around New York, doing nudie photo shoots. Yeah. Aspirational stuff, I think. <laughs> it felt um, like that um, thing in like rom coms when the, the girl does something like really rebellious, like quits a job or something, or yeah, out on the man and then she struts down the street. It was like that, but with porn. But with porn, <laughs> yes, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. Um, and we spot uh, there's a there's a gay assistant very early on. He says, "Bye, girls," <laughs> just as they're sort of wrapping up. Um, and um, so uh, quite importantly to the plot, um, one of the naked women who I realise looks like a naked Martha Stewart. Um, <laughs> is it Janet? I think the name Janet. is Janet. Yeah. So she's talking about her uptight moral crusader boyfriend isn't she and she can't seem to get him to enjoy sex or anything of the sort it, it's such a weird subplot just to lash at the start of the film like like you meant to yeah. I, you think you're meant to care aren't you like that that the fellas somehow for some reason frigid and emmanuel's having absolutely none of it mm, yeah i mean it's just there to sort of it's it's there to show how liberated and fabulous and free emmanuel is isn't it basically <laughs> To show the other the, the other extreme on the scale. Um, so off she goes, um, flitting about the city. And um, suddenly um, she runs into her first erotic misadventure um, <laughs> when uh, a man um, pops up in the backseat of her car with a gun. And it turns out that so he is the boyfriend that Janet was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a gun on Emmanuel. And um, he's talking about, he's on a moral crusade. He's, he's basically saying, you know, there's no morality left. By killing you, I'll give the world a lesson in morality. Um, and um, basically he's judging Emmanuel's evil ways because she's a peddler of, of porn, basically. Um, so what does Emmanuel do to disarm him? Oh, blowjob. Uh, What's a blowjob? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a blowjob. I mean, this, to be fair, she, this is exactly what she, she kind of does resort to blowies to get herself out of trouble quite quite frequently and not just blow jobs obviously don't we all absolutely you know what yeah me and Stephen can both identify with this. <laughs> um, 
I like um, that, um, that they're straightening <laughs> with the, the childhood trauma of him being a virgin and seeing his mum having sex. And like, I know. That's heavy straight off the bat. <laughs> but nowhere near as heavy yeah. as it's going to yeah. get. No, 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 definitely not. Um, and also, for me, um, what this film becomes uh, a little bit about hypocrisy, doesn't it? Vir- sort of virtue signaling, in a way. Yeah. Um there's a lot of sorts of people talking about, you know, the youth of today and the world's gone mad and you're all sex obsessed and you're awful. But then basically he lets her suck his dick in the car and that actually changes his mind and stops him from killing her. Yeah. Um, so he's actually being a hypocrite and it's proven that her way of life is actually gets better results than his does. Yeah. I think like um, with, I mean, generally there, there are moments in the film where you do actually think that, the Joe D'Amato's trying to say something beyond, do you want to see somebody wank off a horse? And, oh, yeah. Yeah. and um, I think this is probably one of them. I mean, I know I was saying like that the, the slug pot doesn't, <laughs> at the start, doesn't make a lot of sense, but I mean, it, from a, from the point of view, I suppose of, of that, that bit of it. And obviously he's, he becomes very liberated after Emmanuel uh, yeah. sucks his cock. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, again, who wouldn't? Um <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, it feels like Damaso's almost saying like listen we'll fucking know why you're here don't be a dickhead about it we're going to show you we're going to show you some fucking good stuff here you know what I mean so it's kind of you know it's it's a bit like the circus master roll up roll up but again, yeah. at the same time it's not touched upon again until right near the end of the film when you meant to put yeah. everything together that's already happened that happened an hour yeah. ago yeah, no, totally. And it's it's sort of saying, don't you come here wagging your finger when yeah. you just want to get your dick sucked as much as anyone else does, basically. You Absolutely. Know? Um, you're full of shit uh, with your extreme hypocritical views. She, she's she got a great line as she's sort of undoing, as, as she's unzipping them and stuff. She says, it's happiness, it's cleanliness, it's love, even <laughs> if only even if it only lasts a moment. <laughs> um, can I just flag up here as well that this was written by a woman? Stop uh, this film is written by Maria Piafusco, uh, who is a woman, um, and she uh, started out as a journalist too, like Emmanuel, and she was a sort of celebrity journalist, so she'd go and interview you know, famous people like De Niro and people like that, um, and she decided to get into writing films with the, uh, with the Black Emmanuel series. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. She did a she did Saloon Kissy as well. I've just oh, looked at now the Tinto Brass Kissy films. Too. That's like a that's like a proper film. Well, a proper film as it can be for Tinto Brass life. Yeah. Well, Salon Kitty is going to be um, one of our Sleazy Queen specials, so oh, we'll, be yeah. discussing, we'll be discussing this writer even more then. Hmm. Um, yeah, so there we go. So she, yeah, basically uses her feminine wiles to remove his power, and she sort of laughs it all. <laughs> so I love when he runs off. She's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like casually laughing laughing about her. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so after that uh, close call, uh, Emmanuel heads home to her flat where she lives with her boyfriend Bill. Yeah. Um and for me, uh, this is the the most important moment of the whole film <laughs> because of that Marlboro packet, oh, uh, Marlboro superb. coffee table. Yes, it's absolutely yes. superb. Yeah, it's amazing. I it's could amazing. only have been better if they opened it up and pulled out one big giant city. city <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. So it's a sort of coffee table cum bar, isn't it? Because they've got bottles of whiskey in there. Oh yeah, yeah, beautiful. Not J and B, shockingly as well. It's a different whiskey. I know, I know, different time. And I will it do will it be yeah, yeah. I know. It's a, a classic Italian the classic Italian whiskey drink. It certainly is. Um, um and sh- go on, sorry. No, I was gonna say only that um 
I, 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 I normally say product placement doesn't work, but I did buy a bottle just to see what it was like. And it's foul. It's absolutely foul. And I drink oh, whiskey it's and it's horrible. Yeah, it's really harsh. It's really oh, hot. It's cheap. It tastes like cheap. It tastes like Grants. It's really like, yeah, it oh, bites the oh, battle. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, but yeah, That's, I, I feel like I want to try it as well. Knife put me off. Sorry. <laughs> well, we'll try it anyway, Stephen. I mean, yeah. you're drunk worse. Um, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um, our friends of our podcast, Rachel Nisbeth, who uh, hosts co-hosts the Fragments of Fear Jello podcast, she did a little bit of hunting to find some information about the Marlborough table. Um, but the closest she could find was um, it did appear in uh, the New York Times book of interior design from 1976. Oh, um, really? It was in there. That's but, amazing. Yeah. I'd still, uh, I'll still give my kingdom for anyone who can find one I can buy. Yeah, it's amazing. The entire part yeah. is amazing. The, the, the decorations just stunning. Yeah, there's like a big vaginal painting on the wall as well, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. It zooms up to let you know what they're about to do, doesn't it? Yeah, because there's not enough vagina in this. <laughs> but that's it. This is when I was still thinking it was softcore because they were like going there, but then just panning up and like kind of copping out. And I thought, so it's not going to yeah. get that extreme. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the like the actual softcore sex in it before you get to the hardcore bits. The softcore sex is quite um they sort of dance around it a little bit. It's not as it's not as explicit as you think it's gonna be. It's quite tame except for odd little yeah. bits. Yeah, yeah. Um so she we and we also get moments here, don't we, where um we see that Bill is kind of pressuring her to settle them down and get married and she's just like, No, I'm not making any sacrifices for you. So she's, it's, you know, every every other line of dialogue from Emmanuel is, I'm in control. I'm a liberated woman. Yeah. Bill's Look at my a little bit of um, an annoying random character that I didn't even get. Yeah, it, it, they kind of have this side bet on the go, don't they, that goes nowhere. Yeah. Doing, it's, yeah. it's almost like the reason why she gets into this just insane amount of trouble is just to kind of one-upmanship on a, on a fella, which, again, yeah. interesting. It's true. So she goes to see her friend Joe, who's he's like an ex-boxer, and he runs a gym downtown in New York. Um, and he's putting her onto um stories that she can go and investigate. And he talks about this this uh, this rich guy called Eric Van Deren. Um, and he's basically saying he runs a bit of a harem. Is it like upstate New York or somewhere? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously Emmanuel thinks, oh, this sounds like a great idea for a story, and um, heads up there to infiltrate the harem, where all the girls are chosen for their star signs and named after them as well. So she is Virgo, is that right? But she was a Gemini in real life, and mm. he had to change her passport. Oh, that's yes. of course. Of course. <laughs> Which, um, yeah. Before it made any sense to me, I was very confused why she had to be a Virgo. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm so confused. It was oh, I know. Yeah, she had to be a Virgo because wasn't that the only opening? So, yeah, there was so, already a Gemini there because we meet yeah, her. Yeah, and the Virgo, the Virgos disappeared. So you know, the Virgo is she the girl in the film at the end? In the in the snuff film. Yeah, is she one of the victims in the snuff film? Because I I got the impression because having seen it before and then watching it again. I got the impression that the harem, like the women there, were all having a marvellous time, but then if one of them stepped out of line, all was useless. That, oh, she got too fat, that's right, she got too yeah. fat. Then are they shipped off then to be killed in a snuff film? I would explain why the other girl was really, really nervous. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's a loser too, isn't it? That, that this all links up to this big conspiracy, but it's never really explained because she she no. doesn't get the chance to actually crack the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, is it all part of the same case though? Is that is that what you know what I mean? So you think yeah. she's jumping from one thing to the other, but they're all connected in a way. Potentially, I, but if it is, it wasn't very well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it is, but again, you're right. It's it it, it it's a bit like um, you know, when you're a kid and you watch James Bond films, and it doesn't really make any sense, but you're just there for the set pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like that. I've been doing that. I've, me and Ben have been watching the James Bond box set, so we've watched eighteen films in the last four, in the last two months, three months, um, and I find that that's what I do as an adult. <laughs> I just watch them. <laughs> Stop trying to make sense of them. <laughs> um, so she tries to, so she gets there and um, she uses her sort of uh, wiles, her feminine wiles, to seduce the crony Charlie. Uh, she says, Don't you think that a hot bath is as nice as a lover's caress? Um, and she seduces him. Um, and she's, we realize she's got like a Bond style camera watch thing, which is very cool. Um, and she goes and finds out that the, uh, the harem is basically a cover for arms dealers. So then she meets the other girls and they go and do like a naked faux lesbian swimming thing. Yeah. Um, I loved this. They must spend some serious money on that underwater camera because they were determined to use that as much as humanly possible. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So I watched, I've got the Mondo Macabro Blu-ray of this film, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, And um, I don't know, does it show up on your versions of it, just how many goosebumps that these women had? No, mine's a DVD, so it's um, it's a little bit even even blown up. It looks um, it's 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 pretty. Doesn't it's not great quality. The legs and the asses are full of goose goosebumps. So freezing, freezing. Maybe they were freezing, making it cold so the nipples would be bigger. That's probably (laughs) probably like I don't really know what they were doing. They kept rubbing (laughs) bushes together and then like headbutting the other person's vagina, and I just didn't get what was going on. (laughs) I just is this like is this the seventies Joe Tomato version of uh, lesbian sex? Basically, is this what they do? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway. Before they invented scissoring. Uh, <laughs> right, I see. Yeah, I did notice there was some light water nymph minge rubbing as well, which was quite nice. Um, so they're all sort of frolicking about to that fabulous song, which is by um, <laughs> which is by a group a prog rock group called uh, Harmonium, and that's like the theme song for the film. Everything seems less sleazy when it's set to that. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's what they were trying for? <laughs> bit, yeah. bit of class. Um, so after the underwater stuff, we quite quickly get to Van Deren. We meet Van Deren, um, played by Lars Bloch, and he is giving a tour of the harem to various clients, including the Duke Alfredo of Montalba. And this is where we get to the infamous Pedro scene. But Pedro. Earlier on, we the girls were all lined up, and you heard the horse neigh in the background, and she runs off, like yeah. just randomly, and they talk about it and kind of allude to it. The fact that she's yeah, she's there's something a bit extra about this girl. Yeah, and then we just get into it. Yeah, so so um, freak show styled, everyone sort of crowds around the stables and peers in, and the girl. Uh, do we know what star sign she is? Does that matter? Yeah, she, I, being... I think she's. Oh no, she's not Gemini. Is she Gemini's the other girl? Yeah, Gemini's. Um, oh yeah, for the next scene. Oh well, either way. Um, so this lady um, basically uh, wanks off a horse. <laughs> In a, in a loving caress. I mean, it's not like she doesn't go to town on it. She she really makes sure that horse is well well treated. She yeah. I, I mean, mean, as well treated as you can be when you're wanking off a horse. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the consent issues when it comes to horses. Is it ethical bestiality? I don't know. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, as a vegan, how did you feel about this? Oh, I don't. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like. At first, as well, like you couldn't see that much. Sorry, Alexa's bloody gone off. Um, <laughs> she is, is Alexa telling you what bestiality is? It's probably reporting <laughs> me to the FBI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, um, God knows what your Amazon delivery is going to be like next week now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, like, at first, it didn't look like you were going to see much because of the angle they chose. And I was like, yeah. okay, so it's kind of done like a bit tactfully. They're not actually doing anything. Yeah, it lures you into a false sense of security. And then it's just like full yeah. horse penis. I think it's that strange that um, they seem to make a big point about the fact that it's consensual, like that woman's not being forced into it. That woman's just really into, into that. Into it, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I think they made a point of making sure that this wasn't like part of the harem. It was just her deciding she wanted to do it. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are there are there are moments throughout the film where they sort of try to make a big deal of the fact that the woman is you know in control and all this, and it's you're like, mm, really though. I think they're just uh, they're trying to dodge the morals because they don't. The way the film shot this is still kind of shot. I hate using the word, but sexy. Like it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is still sexy. It's still got yeah. the music and everything. But when we get onto the bit later on, where they want to stamp down the morals, suddenly yeah, the music yeah. stops. It becomes like this is not. This is not sexy. This, this, this is, is our this um, line of the sand. Yeah, <laughs> but totally. this bit With isn't. The <laughs> <laughs> this this is still sexy time. I know it's fucking mental. So um, apparently, uh, at the same time while they were filming this, um, Tinto Brass was making Caligula. And the rumours were coming from the Caligula set that there was going to be a scene of Malcolm McDowell fucking a horse. <laughs> now, um, in Caligula, you, that, that is hinted at. You don't actually see him fucking a horse, but isn't there a scene where he's like, in, where he wakes up in bed with a horse? So you know that he's had sex with it. 
Yeah, yeah. There's the Caligula too. Um, it doubles back and has a similar scene to this one in as well. Right. So basically, Damato had heard that this was happening, um. So they thought, right, we're going to go on further. So, so they basically wanted to get something more shocking than Caligula and get it out, get it released before Caligula was released. So that's where the inspiration for the scene came from. The achieved it. Yes. Yes. Well, you don't actually see any bestiality in Caligula, do you, Chris? No. 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 Um, so yeah, they did go one step further, um, and basically his 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 uh, his kind of rationalising of it was that it was part of the narrative to show just how depraved the rich, the rich and powerful can be. <laughs> Superb. Yeah, I actually yeah. don't get that. Isn't this just genuinely illegal? Like anyway, still. Well, I don't know because don't like know. how is this getting released? Because there is DVDs and Blu-rays with this on. Yeah. Is it because Chris? Is it because there's no cum shot? I I don't know, mate. I mean, it's not. It's not. You can't buy it in the UK. You can only buy it in the US. So um, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But there's was. Do you remember that program? Wasn't didn't Re- Rebecca lose wank off a pig on Channel Five at one point? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yes. So so maybe that's the precedent we need to cling on to when the police hear this right. podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so no. I mean, in terms of like um, censorship, um, you can't. Um, the the only version in the UK you can get is from like it's like must be must be fifteen years. It must be the nineties now. And um, all the, all the basically all the snuffs cut out. And the majority of snuffs cut out. All the hardcores cut out. And this scene. So there's nothing in it apart from Emmanuel going place to place and having awkward conversations with people. Uh, okay. What is that about? I read that that could exist, but what is that film? It's it it, it well it, it doesn't have the uh, the same impact on the match. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's a slightly erotic travelogue. I suppose that's how they yeah. it today. Well, it's a, it's a bit like you know uh, you know Joanna Lumley's Silk Road, <laughs> <laughs> or you know cru- cruising with Jay McDonald's with a bit of extra muff, you know. <laughs> Imagine Shane McDonald in the manual. Wow. Okay, let's not go there. Um, so... it, it, now you give like that context then. It, it just makes me think that like the Yorkshire vet just like fists horses on the camera all the time and no one bats an eyelid. That's, that's true. How do we know that they're not enjoying it? You know what I mean? Not the horse, I mean the vet. Yeah, it's How just because there's no music. Are. That's why we know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it just needs to have this. Um, let's do a super cut, but we'll put the uh, progress <laughs> over the top of the fucking Yorkshire vet thing. <laughs> Yes, perfect, perfect. So then after Pedro comes some uh, relatively tame uh, lesbian steam room action. Loved it. Yeah, good yeah, times. Good lovely. to see um, uh, Lorraine I... DeSalle as well as Gemini, who's in um, um, House by the Edge of the Park. And, uh, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, to, to, to basically performing a similar kind of job in terms of looking a bit sneery and then taking her clothes off, which is yeah. what she does in that film. Yeah. So she she's the one, isn't she? Here in the scene, Gemini tells us about like what it's really like at this harem. So she's mm. like saying, um, you know, you've got to be careful, and she she gives us a sort of hint that there's there's hidden darkness beneath it. It's scenes like this which actually show that he's pretty when he wants to be. He's a good director. He's like, I love yeah. the intercutting of like um them switching positions with Emmanuel on top and. Here on the mm. bottom, and then they switch oh, it around, and like, 
obviously because one of them is black and one of them is white. It, it just looks really visually it's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, Joe Zamato, I mean, we'll talk more after the after discuss the film, but he is he's actually known, especially now that his film's coming out on Blu-ray with, with really high-grade transfers, he's known now to actually be, um, you know, a really uh, good cinematographer, isn't yeah. he, Chris? Yeah, yeah, he's a better cinematographer than he is a director, uh, but it yeah. does always kind of show. I mean, you look at that... Um, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, and that is a good looking film, to be fair to him. Oh, and yeah. the, you know, the New York exterior shots in this, again, are, brill- are lovely. It's just yeah. he is so obsessed with making the most offensive stuff he possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of yeah. gets ignored a little yeah. bit. Yeah, totally. Um, so, just uh, what made me laugh with me and Ben both said the same thing um, when she's talking about uh, what it was like back home, and she says she had to work in her dad's restaurant and she was getting a bum pinched by greasy, dirty truck drivers. Me and Ben were like, What's the problem? Why didn't she stay there? <laughs> um, so, and um, Emmanuel, again, she, in this scene, she makes the point, doesn't she, of saying she only sleeps with who she chooses to sleep with? Yeah. She doesn't do it for money, so she's sort of, you know, putting herself morally on the next level up from the rest of the but girls. But at this point, she was already in the harem, but obviously getting paid to do it. So mm. yeah, I, I think no, the true. model is definitely squished. And also that girl will be like, no, but you are doing it right now. Because <laughs> she doesn't yeah. know she's an undercover reporter. A question that me and Ben both had, uh, the next scene, um, they're playing pool. So does this mean they're actual lesbians? <laughs> you can't be a you can't be a, a, a faux titillation lesbian and then play pool. You, you know. Yeah, I didn't see anyone put up a shelf or anything, so I'm majority still out. <laughs> does she smuggle herself out? Because she says she buys herself out with the yasky she... money. Well, why? So why did she hide in the back seat of the car? Because she just wanted to follow him, didn't she? She liked a bit of the juke. Oh, so she's she's sort of targeting him. Yeah. Okay, I can go with that. Um, so this guy, uh, Duke Alfredo of Montalva, he is played by her real life husband, Gabriel Tinti. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. And he was also the love interest in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals as well. Basically, I think they did most of their films together. Um, although the story goes that they could never be in the same room as as if if uh, one of, if one of them was doing a sex scene. Yeah, because they were both jealous, so they they'd have to. If Emmanuel was in a sex scene, the Duke wouldn't be there. Apart from in this one, where they have a little three way. I was gonna say they're definitely <laughs> together here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't um, mind if you can join in, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact that she says, "So where are we going?" And he's like, "Venice." And she's like, "Oh, great, okay." Um, <laughs> it's, it's just the it's the life, isn't it? It's the life you want to live. It suddenly stops um, being Emmanuel in America. <laughs> 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 why why is this one called Emmanuel in America and not Emmanuel around the world or you know what I mean? She's I in America for like the the least portion of time in the it's, film. Yeah, absolutely. Um the I think the only one I certainly I know which involves a being in America is Emmanuel too. But uh and that's like got this um this um the, the mental hospital she basically said well it could have been called Emmanuel in a mental hospital for the for, for the majority okay. of it. Um but the, the the rest of them, yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, no, Manuel around the world is already taken by this page. I think they, yeah. they filmed them all in like a really close period of time. I think they're, they're done over like a, a like two year period. I think they did. I think they did three in two years. I think mm. basically, uh, she's been on record as saying it felt like they were just making one long film. 
Well, it does carries on. It does feel like that when you watch that bit at the end of this one, and you're like, "Well, that is blatantly all the sets from Man from Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals that they've just reused yeah. for no apparent reason." We're going on our holidays now to a tribe. See you later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that was just, yeah, no, that was true. a meta joke, though, wasn't it? It was yeah. like just a meta joke that they were making that film whilst they were there. Yeah, totally. Um, so she goes, um, yeah, to Venice, um, and some gorgeous shots of the city here. Some amazing interiors in this section of the film. Mm. It's yeah. just, it's just like my dream home, all that gold and red and big high ceilings and stuff. Um, so she, she goes to uh, the duke. The duke lives in uh, the gold palace on the Grand Canal with his wife, the Duchess. Call me Laura. But she, um, she's um, flirting with the boatman with a big oar. Oh. It was she really flirt with the gondolier. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But um, that goes nowhere as well. <laughs> well, it doesn't. But then when she's leaving Venice, she has that moment with him, doesn't she? Yeah, where she's like, like, like you are the most pure thing in this city and everything. I'm like, yeah. is this meant to be something else? <laughs> I don't I know, get it. I know. Um, so she, <laughs> um, so she meets uh, the Duchess Laura, who's played by Paola Senatore. So she she ended up um she did more films like this where she, you know, got her tits out a lot. Um, like a lot of these actresses, she sort of fell on hard times, so had to turn to hardcore porn to make money. Um, but she also then got into drugs and became a heroin addict in the mid eighties. And then became embroiled in drug trafficking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so she made a hardcore porno. Um and then tried to traffic drugs and was arrested and then went to jail. So the porno came out to to cash in on her going to jail. <laughs> um, this hardcore porn film. And then, um, so she came out, when she got out of jail, she found God, so now she's religious. Stop. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. No. She's in yeah. there, Lindsay eating alive, isn't she? Oh, yes. Yes, she is. Does he have? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened to her. So she's happy now. She's found God. She's all right. Um, Emmanuel is basically drawn into a bit of a three-way action with them. Um, and by the way, on this scene, the, the Duchess is wearing this like partly three-see-through see through negligee. It was a bit of a bait and switch, wasn't it? Because he goes down on it, and then the camera pans down, and it's the woman. Yeah, yeah. Is that a bit rapey? It's a little bit rapey, yeah. It's a bit rapey, yeah. <laughs> but she likes it, though. Um, so... <laughs> that's alright then <laughs> um, <laughs> well remember Emmanuel is in control um, so, she, <laughs> so she kind of slips away and leaves them to it like a couple's therapist in a way um, and then um, surprisingly Bill the boyfriend, the annoying boyfriend comes to see her in Venice but he's literally just there between flights for like two hours yeah he'd made yeah. a phone call early on to find out where she was and then shows up yeah. and then disappears again Again, goes but, nowhere, absolutely nowhere, that bit. Well, he's like, he's here just for a shag, isn't he? Basically, he says, I've come here to explore you, not Venice. Um, it's a long, oh, of... but it, it is a bit like my favourite scene of the film. Which bit? Where they have sex up against that door, and in oh. half of the screen is them having sex, and half of the screen... Yeah. Is the orchestra playing in the background. Oh, yeah, he, 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 he licks her badge to Vivaldi. And <laughs> as it crescendos, the like cut in between the sex and the violins playing, like that is beautiful. 
after he leaves, it's a time for the big party, isn't it, at the Golden Palace? Mm-hmm. Um, which is also, the Golden Palace was also uh, the spin-off from the Golden Girls. So just mm-hmm. imagine B. Arthur turning up in the middle of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White emerging naked from a, from a birthday cake. Um, so, um, the, I mean, some of the looks in this party alone Gregory with the blonde, strawberry blonde helmet hair and the number yeah, five. Oh, Gregory is a shocker, isn't it? it his, wow. his, his missus seems, who's uh, bought him, seems delighted with her purchase. And I just can't help but think she should have kept the receipt. Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. Emmanuel looked amazing in that black halter with like the pale, giant pails. The big chunky jewellery around the neck and the yeah. halter neck. Just Stunning. perfect, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we find out here, don't we? So this is the seeds are sown for the next segment of the film because she finds out that Gregory's missus won him at a club for single women in the Caribbean. Yeah. So that's kind of. That <laughs> well, she said, yeah. So that's why he's got the he's got the choker with the number five on because oh yeah, that, that's where they came from. Of course. So then. During the party, she also discovers that the Duke is dealing in our forgeries as well. So, you know, she's just always at work. She's ever the investigator. Um, and she, did she, she find it? something in the, um, the harem in the horses' stables in a box? Yeah. Like, I didn't really guns. know. Was it guns? Guns, yeah. There are, it's like arms dealing. Um, so she's finding... So basically, whenever she goes to these places that are, um, you know elite rich places then there's some sort of corruption going on isn't it there's a dark underbelly that's that's the kind of theme that's the thread that's the narrative of the film <laughs> um and then we have the um the party descends into a big birthday cake orgy find the golden peanut yeah like i mean th- that woman covered in cream is like a starting pistol in that scene isn't it you know what i mean everyone's kind of relatively demure and then they see that she air dive out that cake and then it's all on yeah, well, I mean, totally, yeah. I I did a, when the cake got rolled in, Teddy had come back in the room and he was just like, "That's ridiculous! Somebody's going to choke on that pail, Mister Health and Safety." <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "There's somebody in that cake," and then he started eating, and I was thinking, "No, there isn't." And then when it just like popped open, I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> <There is. laughs> Do you know what though? Can I just say the whole food and sex thing? It's just not for me. I mean. Cream all over your body. It just ends up smelling like sour milk. Yeah, curdling. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. And that man also, loved it. Uh, he got his head right into it. Oh, yeah. He did love it. But I was also worried about the state of that Venetian rug as well, because it's going to be covered in cake and fanny juice and plum <laughs> and lesbian 69. Oh, I don't know. No. Yeah, there's no, a girl fingering herself on a throne, which is just like life goals. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a highlight. And then we have our first hardcore moment of it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I think we need to address how bad the hardcore scenes actually are in this because they are atrocious. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they are the most... I mean, I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting much from 70s pornography generally, but, I mean, there are yeah. some half ass blowjobs going on in this film. The women have terrible technique. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen. Stephen, don't you agree? Completely. She was just kind of flopping around it. I know. I mean, what's that all about? Um, so, unusually for the time then, um, Chris, you might be able to say a bit more about this. So, um, these aren't inserts, are they? They're, they were filmed for the film. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
the tradition, I mean, there is a soft core versionist and a hard core versionist, but the hard core version is like the preferred cut, um, which is unusual. Yeah. So um, with somebody like Jess Franco, right the way through yeah. the 70s and, and well into the 80s, what he'd do is film uh, effectively a soft core version for the Italian market and then and then toughen it up with more hardcore scenes for for, for foreign climbs. I mean, that's not uncommon. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not uncommon in the UK when you, you know, the Witchfinder General from 69 has the same scenes with women with the top on and off. But um, mm-hmm. so um, so it's not, you know, the, 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 we do, the, even films like that have like, you know, a, a tougher export cut, if you, if you remember that kind of terminology from the back of the newspapers in the 80s. Um, yeah. But 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 for this, yeah. So apparently, Damato has gone. We can do this hardcore. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for, for better or worse, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, but well, yeah, yeah but, I mean, no, I was going to say, but Laura Gemsa, um, the the has always held that you know, this anything that involves hair having sex as such, um, uh, is always. I know there isn't anything particularly in this apart from some close ups of a. Um, it's, it's a stand-in and it's not her. So obviously they have done stuff where they've kind of ushed her off set and then yeah. and then done done some stuff out of contract. Um, but yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I am, um, from what I can gather, this is the first time Demato shot hardcore footage um, for any film, mm-hmm. um, and and then obviously from from there on in, it, it became more and more. And then that's he, he sort of the last ten years or fifteen years of his career was was just hardcore porn movies, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um absolutely. Um Tomato, I mean, was was very much a gun for hire. Like a lot of Italian genre filmmakers. I mean, yeah. if you look at somebody like uh, Lucio Fulci, you know, he would do whatever he needed to do. Although he's he's renowned for obviously that those films, the Gate to Hell trilogy and the films that he did in the mm. early eighties. Um, you know, he at the same time would turn his hand to, to pretty much anything to, to make money. And I think Joe D'Amato is the same. Um, also, you know, we, we talked about Bruno Mattai um, for like the, some of the later Black Emmanuel films would again basically yeah. just, just go over the caches. And at that point in Italian, Italian cinema, the cash was um, potentially in, in, in slightly more... Um, Extreme <laughs> kind of... Yeah. Shocking and titillating and all that. Yeah, yeah. Did, um, question. Yeah. So, you know, with these films, why are they all made in Italy, do you think, if the hardcore scenes are only for the exports? It's a bit weird. I think, um, uh, from what I can gather, Chris will know more about this, but from what I can gather, the uh, the Italian film industry was, was, was full of guns for hire more than any other film industry so that's where so the the exploitation element of it comes from you know exploiting the the audience the market more than anything so that's why so many of them come from italy because they would literally just see what was what was um successful and do cheaper quicker versions of that am i right chris yeah i mean the italian film market's relatively small um so a lot of the time they would build they were they, they were making them and the, almost almost entirely for for foreign foreign markets and um, obviously, not hardcore wouldn't be a, a goer for, for for a market like Japan. But if you consider something like Cannibal Holocaust, um, yeah. it made the majority of that film made its money not in Italy where it was banned, but in 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 in, in Tokyo. So yeah, um, um, from what I was reading there, that um, basically 
Asian markets demanded more violence and the French market demanded more sex, more yeah. hardcore sex. Wow. Yeah, so the French yeah. are basically dirty bastards. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so Italian censorship at the time was 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 was, was uh, not as strict as it was in the UK, but was relatively strict. But um, but there's still no problem in terms of doing that stuff, then selling it to uh, Sweden, for example, so or, or North Scandinavian countries. Meat, yeah. Just don't give it to us. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. to be fair. That's the UK, yeah. let, alone, let alone Italy. Yeah, it's just such a strange yeah, model. Yeah. I think it's ways yeah. to actually make it onto the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's funny because um, also I, I've had a bit of a tomato education over say like the last year or two, and I've realised that um, I was a bigger fan of tomato than I thought before I realised he directed certain films that I might have seen <laughs> in the last few years, uh-huh. um, usually on Pornhub. Um, Emmanuel, yeah, it just dropped. Uh, So um, Emmanuel goes back to New York, where um, so she sees she meets Janet again, doesn't she? Uh, Naked Martha Stewart, and she basically tells that her uptight psychotic boyfriend is now a sex machine, thanks to Emmanuel's um, oral. She's cured him. She's cured him. (laughs) And then Emmanuel has the phone frig before heading to the Caribbean. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I hadn't. <laughs> um, so she, she, yeah, she has phone sex with Bill. Um, I think that's just to remind us that Bill exists, basically. Um, and then she heads off to the Caribbean to Shea Fabian Singles Club. Yeah, yeah. And then she, she instigates him being one of the worst investigative reporters of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, she's amazing. the taxi driver on the way in is like <laughs> yeah. everyone else is dead ugly and you're dead pretty where are you going and then when you get there everyone's just like very pretty girls <laughs> and I was like they're all, be- yeah, they're all beautiful women of, of, of various ages aren't they um, yeah. which I think is really cool um, we, so we get the harem the, the harem of studs uh, paraded in front of the women amazing. and I absolutely love this scene um, I love the I love that horny bitch who says fan fucking test. Yes, <laughs> she is just me. She's just great. Um, so the the there's a lineup of seventies hunks in loincloths. Um, and do you know what? Do you know what it made me made me think about? Um, coming at it from a as a as a queer viewer, is that Joe D'Amato is actually really good at photographing hot men. Mm. Yeah. Um, he knows how to make uh, hunky men look really good, I think. Um, and looking back over his career, it's not really a surprise, is it? Because he started out as a, a assistant cameraman and then a director of photography and a cinematographer on a lot of those sword and sandals films from the 60s. Yeah. So they were basically big, oily, muscly men. So he knew how to make them look good. And then go following that right through, so through this, through these films, then to his porn movies. You know, he he basically made a porn star. You know, Rocco Sifredi. He made him a big star um, by making him look really fucking good on camera. So so you know, it's a as a director who's known for his sort of tits and ass films with putting women on display. He actually does the same for the men. Yeah, equal opportunities exploiting. I like the fact that the, all the women are in wicker chairs as well, which is like a nod to the original Manuel poster. Oh, yeah, I thought that, yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Um, so she, Emmanuel, is involved in the, the. She sort of observes the, the auction of the men, and then she goes to the have a little pay of off them. I love the fact that she watches one woman live in her Tarzan and Jane fantasy, oh. in the TV hut. She says, Tarzan meet Jane, and then flops his cock out. Yeah. That is yeah. like, that's excellent. <laughs> That is like that's all I ever need in life. Is that line? It is. <laughs> does he say Tarzan eat Jane? <laughs> he does. So that so that guy, um, that that uh, actor is called Rick Martino, also known as Hercules, and he's a, he went on to be a porn star, um, and uh, he um, he actually came out as gay in his later life. Oh, fair play. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to meet Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if he's still swinging. So the um, then she watches. She she watch. I love the I love the bit where she watches the girl putting daisies in that man's pubes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, um, doesn't doesn't she call it like a flower bush or something? Your bush is your bush is flower. In flower. Bloody hell! But wasn't that in that last scene? There was a cum shot. Well, not cum shot, but cum. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was definitely where I realised, no, this is 100% like full, 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 full hardcore. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. And then it goes even further, doesn't it? Because you get to see the blonde older lady with the two blokes. Um, one who's the big, big, gorgeous black guy. Mm. Um, and, and the other guy who I didn't really notice. Um, and uh, that's another big hardcore moment. With I think that's got a cum shot as well, hasn't it? Uh, I didn't put down a cum shot. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't put the cum shot in my notes. <laughs> just, just, just check me grid reference for how much we say. Yeah. At one hour and fifty. <laughs> yes, yes. There's the cum shot. Um, so I love the uh, the Zorro fantasy as well. I think that's hilarious. The, uh, right. Oh. I loved it. The the Matador thing, and she's looking at me, yeah. but it really upsets me yeah. that she's wearing wedge sandals. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. What is she doing? <laughs> I never even noticed. <laughs> no, I was so distracted. I was like, what are you doing? Take those sandals off right now. <laughs> like wedged wicker sandals. Can't. Oh, no, no. Gosh. Well, you know, no one's perfect, Stephen. Yeah. Um, so, so Emmanuel is basically going around watching all these things, but in a really obvious way, isn't she? She's, not, she's like got the camera thing out and she's taking little snaps of it, um, which is not exactly being... Covert. No, not not in any meaningful way. Uh, I mean, not only that, she actually like kind of holds the the secret. She doesn't like kind of surreptitiously like move the camera. She kind of holds it up like she's holding the camera. Yeah, (laughs) it takes pictures that make a clicking noise. But that's um, when when she gets caught though they, they make a point that somebody recognised her and like nobody needed to recognise her we just needed to see her take the fucking pictures everywhere I'm surprised she didn't have the flash on <laughs> <laughs> it just readjusts so, the lighting in the scene and I... <laughs> so yeah asking them to do it again um, so Emmanuel's sexy voyeurism takes an inexplicably dark turn at this point, doesn't it? Where she's watching a couple getting off to a film, and then when she when she peers through the door, she sees that it's a, a snuff film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the moment, isn't it, where you just just when you thought the film had blown, it's what the fuck load. <laughs> they go, yeah. no, 
<laughs> not done yet. And she's like, right, shit, I need to get out of here and go and report this. But then she has to get past that lady, doesn't she? Who's on the front desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very long, awkward conversation about whether or not she should hand over a camera or not. And she's basically like, what, I don't know what you mean? What camera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it gets a bit rapey again. It's very rapey. She's like ripping her clothes off, putting whiskey on her tits. She date raped um, it, essentially. She put one of those like um, cock-shaped drug oh, cookies down her throat. Cock, cock cookie, yeah. She did. She did. So she date rapes her, pours whiskey on her, um, and then steals her uniform to escape. Um, and then she shags the cab driver as well. Oh, I can't pay for you, but I'll make it up to you. And then jumps over and nearly crashes the car. Yeah. yeah. He was She's really hot, wild. though. So I don't. I mind. thought he was hot. Yeah, I wanted to see more of him. And I like um, the bit where, um, just as like he's starting to look like he's going to penetrate, the antenna comes out of the car. <laughs> the radio aerial pops up. It's like James Bond with carry on, isn't it? <laughs> That's so camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So essentially, so this is where the moment where the film switches, is this? So she wants to find out who is behind the stuff films. Mm-hmm. Um. So she finds out that it's some all-American politician guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, he's some kind of, I can't remember what he is now, but yeah, he's um, he's an influencer, isn't he, in terms of uh, political influence. Yeah. yeah, and he has the great, um, he invites, a, are you inviting me back to your house? And he says, I promise I won't beat you up. Well, yeah. I am in. <laughs> what is, what is the point? I promise <laughs> I won't beat you And she says, you're so attractive and full of charm. <laughs> Um, and he's got that sort of old school American, you know, young people today. What we need is another war that'll set them straight. He's got that kind of attitude. Um, uh, so it's, it's, that's what I was talking about before about like the hypocrisy of it all. So he's like talking about all this sort of all these morals, but he gets off to snuff movies basically. Yeah. Um, so she gets him to put the snuff movie on in bed and they watch it. Um, so yeah, thoughts on the snuff footage, guys. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay um no I, I, I can i can take this so um yeah i mean it's 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 quite good isn't it in terms of snuff footage um i, 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 I don't, don't want to make like a, a connoisseur of snuff footage fake snuff footage but i've seen more than than i probably should have done um yeah so yeah it's done in 35 mil which is impressive uh yeah. anyway because you would normally do that and then they kind of scuzz it up to make it look like eight mil rather than just using eight mil which would probably be yeah. make more sense but um it's yeah i mean he's he, he's made more of an effort with those scenes i think than he's done with a lot of the other stuff particularly mm. when they get to like mm. you know hot um hot islands and all that stuff that just come yeah. before when she's just running around the resort with a camera. Um, when they actually get to the, the the snuff stuff, it's 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 kind of shot with a great deal of care. Um, yeah, it is. For better, but again, for better or worse. So, <laughs> so you know, well, well done. Maybe is that mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it, I mean, it, I, it, I think for me and and generally my thought about um, this film, uh, totally. Uh, there's a lot of like globe trot and then not a lot actually happens apart from like this breadcrumb trail that leads you to this point and then suddenly like an hour into the film it it completely skews onto a different film um yeah. and it's an hour and uh, 20 the, minutes in is it an hour and 20 <laughs> jesus uh, yeah, christ yeah. It was 20 um, minutes 
20 minutes left. There you go. And it, that, that, it, it, it just blinds that. I, I, I could just imagine, imagine being on 42nd Street with your cock in your hands, watching and this, and then that I comes up. I know. It, that, that's fucking <laughs> hell. If the film stops being fun, like, for like, yeah. And like, there's still fun bits after this and around it, but like, this bit is just like, it just suddenly goes so dark out of nowhere, and you're just like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? What the actual fuck? But it's like, it's what um, Hostel wishes it wanted to be. Oh, Hostel hasn't got a, a isn't a patch on, like, on this footage. It's but that's, just, it made me think yeah. that this is what you wanted to make, but you weren't capable yeah. of doing this. Yeah, totally. Totally, because I think it takes a certain amount of balls, doesn't it? A certain amount of craziness to, to, to do something like that. Um, and I feel like someone who is trying, someone like Eli Roth, who's striving for mainstream success, hasn't got the same the same balls as someone like Joe Tomato who just didn't give a fuck and was an exploitation filmmaker. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is, I mean, generally, it's a brave film. And it, regardless of how, how silly it is, I mean, it is brave. I mean, did, did the hardcore scenes alone are brave. And I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he, if, I mean, we can talk about the themes, you know, in a bit in terms of what it's trying to say and if it's trying to yeah. say anything at all. But you do think that, Somebody's thought about it, and it is about hypocrisy, mm. as you've already said, and an exploitation. So it's an ex, you know, and, and, and making an exploitation film about exploitation does put you yeah. in that kind of cannibal holocaust bracket of, you know, problematic yeah. stuff. But you know, it's definitely there's there's more to it than you think. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think it's easy to write to write these films off, and if and I feel like a lot of a lot of these films can be written off very easily, and that's all there is to them. But with this, you do come away with it with a, there's there's such a sting in the tail, and it does make you start to think about stuff, and it makes you go back and examine it, and go, well, what are they trying to say about that? And for me, that's a successful piece of art. If you know, what yeah, I mean. yeah. There, there is morals that are clearly drawn out in this film, and even though they very questionable by today's standards yeah and even back then probably but like there is models and it's saying something to you i think well, it is, isn't it because the music is just and having mm. the film noise not only makes it 10 times creepier but it's it's making a point yeah this is totally. not the fun um like ben was saying you know he was he was going is this is it a horror movie is it a horror movie? Um, you just can't answer the question. You, you know, you don't, you don't really know what this film fits into, what box you can put it in. What I can say is that the stuff footage is more disturbing than most horror movies I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last, uh, the last 20 minutes is horror to me. Yeah. It softens it up, doesn't it? I mean, you know, oh, the woman, you know, like, you know, woman jumping out of, of a cake, covered in cream, <laughs> never having an orgy. It does, does yeah. kind of blood... You know, it, it butters you up a little bit, ready, or creams you up, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ready for, ready for this, you know. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it's. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying this bit's good, but it, it's just so wildly different to everything else that it, yeah, you've got to yeah. give it some respect. I think it's. I think. Um... I don't know if good's the right way, but I think it's 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 extremely effective, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like if it's setting out to shock you, which is, it is, then it's it's very successful. Yeah. It's mm. a very successful part of the film. It's well made, you know, and you can't deny that. Whether you think it's yes. morally reprehensible yeah. or not, it is well made. 
And then it gets more nihilistic, doesn't it, after that? Because you think, oh, great, there's going to be a big... The, the end of the film is going to be she exposes this this um, snuff ring and, and, you know, goes off into the sunset with the tits out and it's all going to be great. But basically, she tries to report it and the news story is quashed by her editor, um, which is probably what would happen in real life. After she was uh, LSD taken to it. Yes. Yeah, after she's been drugged and, yeah. and all that. Um, and... It doesn't go anywhere. So, so which, which is, which I think is probably a more accurate reflection of real life that it doesn't go anywhere. That it's shut down, and she just is is broken by it and says, "Fuck this! I'm going to go and live in a in a resort in the middle of nowhere, away from, away from cameras, away from exploitation. You know, away from all that." So she does that. She runs off into the sunset with the boyfriends, but then when she gets there she realises that she can't get away from it because, hello, there's a camera crew. This, these tribes have been exploited and it's becoming something else. So on it goes, the, you know, the beat goes on. The, the bit with with on this Caribbean island and she has this happy moment, I'm just so confused that she gets kidnapped and then he gets kidnapped by this tribe and he's just, like, so luffy and jokey about it the entire time. There's yeah. not one bit where he's scared or worried. No, it makes no. It's no sense. Sense. It's almost, it's almost like he sets it up, I think. You know, it's like he, he knows yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And he traded like it for that. some shells and a beer. But yeah, it's got that kind of cyclical vibe to the end, doesn't it? Where you think it's trying to tell you that this will just carry on and on and on, mm. you know. Um, and, that's, and that's the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. We, we made it. We got through it. <laughs> I will point out, um, as soon as I finished, Teddy leaned over to the computer and cleared me history on my browser. Oh, I love it. I love Terry's reaction. It's great. Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, so a little bit of background on Emmanuel. So, Emmanuel um, sprung up from an erotic novel published in the 50s um, by a, a, a French Thai writer and actress called Emmanuel Arsan. Um, her real name was Marayat Roley Andrian, um, and she and her ambassador husband um, was swingers in Thailand, and they were legendary for their swinging. Um, some people think that they um, their swinging was so legendary that they sort of set the trend for it. So, so what we know as international swingers resorts now came from this couple's sex life. Yeah, quite a legacy. Um, yeah, um, and off the back of um, Last Tango in Paris and, and Deep Throat, um, the whole trend for porno chic came about in the 70s. Um, so the film, um, Emmanuel, was adapted from the book uh, by the uh, fashion photographer called... <laughs> I love the fact that his name is Just Jaken, but it looks like Just Jacken, <laughs> <Jackin' off. laughs> uh, <laughs> um, So Emmanuel came out in 74, huge box office hit, softcore, film starring Sylvia Crystal um, and it was put up by I think it was Columbia Pictures in the States um, and it was it was massive um, and spawned sequels as well um, but it was uh, it was it was very much you know softcore and if you watch the original Emmanuel film it is dull as fuck it's really boring yeah it is yeah. Um, and then very Black disappointing Emmanuel, memories of that yeah yeah, yeah. And then Black Emmanuel came about when uh, a director called uh, Adalberto Albertini, he made the first one. And that was with Laura Gemser attached, wasn't it, Chris? 
Oh, I can't remember. Um, I think I so. I think she's in Worse. one of them. Yeah. Um, and she played, you know, the, what we know as the photojournalist, liberated, independent woman, globe-trotting and shagging. Um, um, and uh, Laura Gemser, who's an Indonesian actress, um, she was spotted by good old Joe D'Amato, um, and he basically poached her for his take on the Emmanuel series. He was going to make sexier, dirtier, more risque versions. With this film as well, this came out in, what, 1970s? Eight or seven. seven. So yeah. this did like fan footage before Cannibal Holocaust and everyone who says that one. Well, Damato did be Cannibal Holocaust to the punch twice, didn't he? Because yeah. he did fan footage snuff and then he did Cannibals. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, he... yeah. I mean, Emmanuel and Last Cannibals came out. Um, there was a, there was like a, a little kind of before Hol- Cannibal Holocaust. There was like a little mini boom around seventy seven, based off the success of Man from Deep River, which is um, the Lindsay film. Yeah. So um so there's like there's the that and then Diodas did Last Cannibal World. Um I there's I've just done I've only there's only doing this on top because I've I did did a podcast about um oh Christ, what's it called? I did a podcast like yesterday. Um uh, Savage Terror. Um nice. and all that's kind of there's, there's a lot there's a lot that come out all around the same time and then kind of like Cannibal Holocaust almost like does a full stop on it, apart from Ferox, which kind of like comes into tries to pee back off. Of Holocaust, um, so yeah, so like Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals comes in this like trench of um, quite adventurous cannibal films, like uh, yeah. I would say fun, but you know, like fun going to the jungle, <laughs> getting your arm yeah. eaten, fun f- films, and then it kept before <laughs> Diodato goes into I think it's Colombia and absolutely goes mental and makes you know the cannibal Holocaust in 1979, 1980. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, the the. I, I'm quite um, uh, fascinated by the sort of the Mondo movement as well, Chris. Like a, a lot of these came yeah. out of the mo- sort of Mondo, wasn't it? Combined with horror. Yeah, yeah. So um, Mondo documentaries are like um, a mixture of faked footage and stock footage and stuff that they found in in, in the jungle. So uh, particularly Italian filmmakers would go to mm-hmm. to the jungle and um, film supposedly tribes, and what they basically do is they rock up give money uh, or food or, or resources to people and get them to do stuff, i.e. take the clothes off and have sex and, uh, <laughs> and, and eat and, and kill and kill local animals and you know, real exploitation and stuff and then come back to, to and then show it to like, you know, 42nd Street and kind of do something along the lines of, ah, but who is the real yeah. savage? You know what I mean? That kind of yeah, payoff yeah, at the yeah. end. So um, Exploitation documentary making. Yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. Uh, exoticism, sex, tribes, bikinis, uh, yeah, all of it. All Good of fun. It. Um, <laughs> Do you think when they, um, yeah. they turn these things back on people and say, like, you know, who's the real monster, who's watching it, or, like, you know, do you think they actually mean it, or do you think it's just they're trying to justify the film? Um, I think they're trying to justify the film. There's um, there's yeah. a film I... called Brutes and Savages, which um, is a section-free <laughs> film, and um, I know, yeah, straight away. And um, it's that's very much a mixture of travel log footage and fake stuff, and it's classic stuff. So a couple of couple of people with some money go to various parts of the world, uh, pay cash for to, to to people, film them for a bit, and then 
you know, and kind of rise, and then they show like some 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 of the rainforests getting shut at, cut down at the end, and go, who is the brute, who is the savage, and yeah. it's 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 a complete hand wringing, you know. Um, well, that's exactly what it's exactly what the story of Cannibal Holocaust is in the end yeah. as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? So yeah, the Mondo kind of thing. It, it, uh, the Black Emmanuel films, especially, took took the Mondo and ran with it, didn't they? Because that's what she is. She's a she's going off. Uh, Photographing strange things all around the world, but whilst getting a tiptoes, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I love the fact that uh, so Laura Gemza, she made so many of these films, and then she also has a pop song. Okay. Whoa, 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 really? Um, she has a pop song, and she released her own warehouse video as well. Oh, um, superb.
Emmanuel Cashins. I find them really fascinated as well. There were so many Emmanuel fake sequels. Um, and they just like retitle. They just retitle porn movies with the words Emmanuel in just to cash in on the success so so people would think it was a sequel. There were things like uh, Yellow Emmanuel about Chinese. Oh my God. <laughs> there was um there was Kung Fu Emmanuel. There was um there was uh what's the other one? Tender and Perverse Emmanuel. Uh, there's so many of them. But there was also another one which I came across the other day when I was looking for info on this one called um Chris, I think I shared yeah, the post with you. Passion Passion Plantation, mm-hmm. which is basically sex exploitation about slaves. Um, that's that's a uh, that's a new low. There is um, one that's and, uh, black that Emmanuel one's... on the the white slave trade. Black Emmanuel on the white slave trade, and Passion Plantation was renamed Emmanuel Black and White, <laughs> as well. Um, um, also, there was obviously the Carry On films. They they sort of ended with Carry On Emmanuel in the late seventies as well. Um, but one of the most fascinating things I've found out is that there's actually a flower, there's a lily that's been named after her. Wow. The the Hemerocallus lily is called the Black Emmanuel lily. Is it shaped like a vagina? Well, that's been sort of vaginal anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not subtle. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Uh, apparently, also, there was apparently another uh, Emmanuel film that was... Um, in the works, ready to, to be made, called Emmanuel and the Black Panther, but it never happened. That's the Marvel movie we're all waiting for. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, I wonder whether it was about Emmanuel uh, getting together with the Black, the, you know, the Black Panther movement. Yeah. yeah, that would have been worth a watch. Um, and also, according to our friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Freudstein, House of Freudstein, he says, until his death, Joe D'Amato was talking about plans for a film um, with both Black Emmanuel and Sylvia Crystal from the original Emmanuel oh, film in superhero team up. Um, yeah, make it, and he he quote unquote making love on a mountain top. <laughs> That's That's for ninety minutes. <laughs> for ninety minutes, there we go. Yeah, that was the plot. Um, That's it. Yeah. Um, so when I put I put uh, I put it to Twitter that we were covering the film. So some of the responses that I got, um, I basically said, "How would you describe Black Emmanuel in a tweet?" Um, and um, Andy Roberts from Nasty Pasty, who should have been joining us on this episode, he says uh, it's utterly ludicrous and nastily tasteless in equal measure, but nevertheless a huge amount of fun if watched with a good dose of humour. Anyone serious need not apply. This is one that could have textbooks on its problematic elements. Oh, and that damn coffee table. Hmm. Also, on the infamous on the infamous snuff footage, genuinely one of the more uncomfortable instances of fake violence I've seen in these movies, which I agree with. Um, Callum Kirkaldi mentions the soundtrack. He says Nico Fedenko at his very best. So Nico Fedenko, he um, scored all of these Black Emmanuel films, I think, um, and he did like Porno Holocaust and some others as well. Um, but I love the music in these films. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one it's of the so best. So effective. Bits. Yeah, definitely. I love the song on Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals as well, where she sings um, about I'm your queen and you're my uh, king. I yeah. love that song. Um, so Callum says, This film, more than maybe any other, is how I'd describe Grindhouse if someone didn't know. It's immoral and yet brilliant in its own weird little way. 
He says, I utterly adore Gemza and her performance, and this is my favourite. She goes from a more comical, hedonistic character to someone concerned about political corruption and human rights and gets chastised for a change of heart, and the resulting expose by a right-wing editor in the pockets of the ruling party. Visions of Trump and Brexit. In the end, she gets to retire to a film set and forget all about it because the good guys won't ever change the world. Um, Paul, aka Crycheck Facility, says, I really love this film. It's subtly, uh, subtly clever, reflexive in its commentary on a sensa- and sensualist impulse to ante up. Um, the chutzpah with, with which Fedenko's main theme quotes Walt Whitman is astonishing. When I lived alone, I had a four sheet poster of it hanging in the hallway. <laughs> um, nice. Slasher Trash, Slasher Trash says, I've never heard of it, but I do love tits. So, <laughs> <nobody knows you." laughs> Which is possibly the most uh, erotic tweet I've ever had, so thank you, Slash Flash. Um, and John, Wal- John Walters, a.k.a. Artfag, says, It's stupid and unsexy, but also just utterly bonkers and genuinely shocking. I love it. Al Doherty says, Mr. Egg gets lucky. Um, <laughs> Peter Foti says, Oh, so this is a this is an interesting thing I learned as well. Um, if I remember correctly, the torture scenes in this were the inspiration for David Cronenberg to make video drone. Oh, and that's actually true. Um, well, according to the uh, commentary on the Blu-ray, Cronenberg um, went to some screening where someone had put together basically all of the um, all of the worst moments of um, faked sort of violence ever made for film, um, all back to back. And um, when he when he I know, and when he saw this footage, it inspired him to go and make video drum. Jesus. Um, that is a that is a hardcore um, Saturday night entertainment that isn't it yeah 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 and um, yeah other than that people have said it's pretty fucked up unsettingly fun um, Lord of Gems is unbelievably beautiful and they just don't make them like they used to and I, I, I've got to agree with that yeah, this is one of those things where I'm not sure if we should still make them <laughs> <laughs> I love them but they're definitely a product of the time for me they, mm. re- they really are. No, you're right. They really are. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. So, Joe, Joe D'Amato, Chris, are you a big fan? Um, I've seen I've seen more of it than I think I would I, I'd probably do. So, he did um, Anthropopagus the Beast, um, yeah. and he did Absurd, which are two of the nasties. Um, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Absurd. Um, I thought it was... Um, it was frustrating, really, because it was so, so. There were so many scenes that were too long and dragged out. Yeah, I mean, then you're yeah. really gonna dislike Anthropopagus the Beast, because um, that I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's 40 minutes in the middle of it, and absolutely nothing happens. Um, uh, but I mean, generally, I think I, I think we were saying before. I mean, I, for for as a film director, he's a very good cinematographer. So a lot of the stuff he does looks lovely. But um, yeah. he was working in incredibly low budgets uh, and um, was making churn out exploitation a lot of the time. Um, I think he's, I wouldn't say he's in the middle of a reappraisal, but I think people are a, a little bit more kind about him than they used to be. I think the people used to speak to him about him in the same way they speak about Bruno Mattai and that kind of thing of just being really hacky um releases yeah. that are, aren't good just 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 generally not not good i mean matai's problem is the fact that he, he does not know how you know he, he his films can generally just stray into being boring whereas i'd, I'd probably yeah. argue at least certainly with something like this and with with last you know with the black emmanuel films that he did that i've seen um they're better than that you know they are they are at the very least entertaining exploitationers um 
I mean, I've not seen a lot of his porn, I have to say, so I don't know what that's like. But, uh, but the, well, the 80s um, I, um, <laughs> I have seen um, a couple of those films. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of porn star Rocco Sofredi, who's in a lot of those films from the like, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and yes, they're, they're quite something to behold. <laughs> um, Bruno Matai. Um, I've seen... Violence in a Women's Prison, which was then renamed Emmanuel in Prison. Yeah. And Laura Gemser is in that as well. And there is a marked difference. There's a marked difference between between that and these films. Um, and I think that it's basically... With, with that film, it did feel a lot of it was just looked so cheap and so sort of badly thrown together. Whereas these films... I think you're right in that he's not due to like a big, massive reappraisal, but I think Joe D'Amato... I think the the Blu-ray releases and the upgrades are showing off his talent, which was cinematography. Mm-hmm. I think they do look, in parts, they do look amazing. Yeah. There's um, a certain sense of style so. that lifts it up. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, what was the... He, he was a cinematographer on What Have You Done For Salon? That yeah, right? that's right, yeah. Or director of... Yeah, it is. DOP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a, yeah, he's a cinematographer on that. Um, there's more as well. He, he, he pops up in quite. You'd be surprised how much stuff he, he did. He's he's been in quite a lot. Mm. Um, he worked, he worked with uh, Jean Luc Godard as well. And what? Yeah, oh, yeah. He was a photographer with John Jean Luc Godard. Um, and um, <laughs> Stephen, mm. he's got a ton of he's got a ton of aliases. So his real name is Aristide Massacchesi. So, uh, but he's got like 50 aliases that, that range from Dario Donati to Chang Lee Sun um, to John Baird. Uh. <laughs> John Baird. John Baird. There we go. Um, That's where he yeah. got the name from. And um, he's, uh, yeah, so he's made such amazing films as Porno Holocaust, Papaya Love Goddess of the Cannibals, Black Cobra Woman, um, Erotic Nights of the Living Dead, which I own on Blu-ray, and, and no, it's shit. It's so bad. Oh no! <laughs> I thought that was the one with the um, the tip biting. No, that's that that's Burial Ground. Burial yeah. Ground. That's Andre Bianchi. But Erotic Nights of the Living Dead is one of the dullest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, but he did make a foray into non-exploitation as well, didn't he? He's got uh, images in a convent, which Andy Roberts and Senior Ward were uh, kind enough to get for me. So I'm going to watch that tonight. I like a little oh, cool. bit of non-exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there we go. Um, Emmanuel in America. I think we we'll all um, emerge from it um, tainted in some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll be one for the memoirs. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. another one of his aliases is Dick Spitfire. Oh, fuck off! Yeah. Dick Spitfire. Yeah, from the nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I think that's everything covered. So, uh, have you got anything else you want to chime in? No, with? no. I think that's um, you know, I think that's a good, um, a good, a good appraisal. Probably more time spent on this than a lot of people who watched it <laughs> previously. <laughs> I noticed on um, Wikipedia actually, um, the it says that somebody's written and it, it doesn't have a citation needed. The best ex- one of the best exploitation films of all time. And that, I would share, I think possibly a little bit um, hopeful, but you know, I, mean, I know there's evidently people out there that are willing to to, to write that on, on Wikipedia, so it must have some love. Well, do you know what, I, I, I sort of agree because 
It's like someone tweeted to us about it. They said that if they had to sum up what Grindhouse is, if they had to show someone who didn't know what Grindhouse is, a film that summed it up, it would be this, and it. I sort of agree because yeah. it's got it's got everything. It's got it's got the bestiality. It's got tits and ass. It's got hard cocks, and it's got fucking the worst horror you've seen as yeah, well. Yeah. So, if it, the amount of actual exposition that was made, it's definitely going to be in the top tier. Yeah, it's notorious, isn't it? And that's what what all those films aspired to was notoriety, and it, it's really notorious. And um. I'm still not going to be recommending it to any of my friends, not going to lie. Well, there you go. Isn't, mm-hmm. that, isn't that a surefire sign of primo exploitation is that you feel guilty about recommending it to someone <laughs> other than me? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's that's a, that's an hour and a half spent in a very seedy grindhouse with the sleazy queens. So um, I, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to doing some more. I think I think we could, mm-hmm. we could go on with the spin-off forever and ever, really. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really delighted that you joined us, Chris. What's um, no, it's been great? What's your um, what's your Twitter handle for people? Oh yeah, it's at orange underscore monkey. And when is your next video nasties podcast episode due out? Uh, the weekly, so uh, it'll be either Friday or Saturday next week. Okay, great. So we'll look out for that. Um, Stephen, where can we get you on Twitter? HST99. Um, and I am at Johnny Larkin. Um, and yeah thank you we'd love you to feed back to us so do get back to us on twitter and let us know what you thought of the episode let us know what other reprehensible works of extreme sleaze you'd like <laughs> us to cover in our next sleazy queens episodes we will be bringing more out over over uh, no matter how long this lockdown lasts for we'll still get some filth to you and forever taint your life so there you go thank you for listening and happy wanking <laughs> <laughs> Is my lips, my lady, in my shoulders, lady? I could live with angels. What do you think my ties go? Shut up!